Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. We're actually recording live from VidCon. Yes, breaking news, live from VidCon. This is where we're at. Well, we're in our hotel room. Yeah. (laughs) You know what's weird about our hotel room, Yolanda, is Mickey... Mickey Mouse is standing over your bed. and Well, now that you say it like, like that, it concerns I, it, me. <laughs> it, I, okay, I should emphasize it's not a statue, but, you know, it's like it's like a decal. There's yeah. a Mickey Mouse decal. We're in Anaheim, I get it. Part of me wonders if it's like an unlicensed Mickey. Is this like allowed? I don't know. But now that you've mentioned the fact that it's looming over my bed, it's going to be a little <laughs> creepy to sleep tonight. Yeah, well. It's fine. Sleep with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But other than the looming Mickey, we should talk about some other interesting entertainment that we saw last week. We saw The Solvent Squad Returns, brought to you by the Tin Can Brothers. We've only been talking about it for weeks now Mm -hmm. and finally got to see the show. So it was like a much anticipated show for the both of us. Oh, yes. And I'm so glad that we got to go. We found great parking and like it was this really nice uh, small theater. Mm -hmm. Oh, and for those of you who aren't from LA, finding great parking is a talking point. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So Jillian, if you had to describe the play in one sentence, what would you say it was? Hmm. Well, it's definitely a take on Scooby-Doo. It's basically about four childhood friends who were these top-notch detective investigators in their youth. 20 years later, they have gone their separate ways. And their only unsolved case brings them together all these years later, and they've got to solve it. And it's funny to see them all come together and see, like, how different their lives are and, like, whether they're successful or they're not successful. I don't want to say spoilers, even though, like, no one may ever see it because it only ran for two that's, weeks. Well, people can get digital tickets. Oh, that's right. So, I think it'll be out eventually on YouTube. So yeah. we'll keep it spoiler-free then. Yeah, in that yeah sure. But, uh... It, it was very small because it was uh, essentially there were four members of the Solvit Squad: jo- Joey Richter, Ashley Clements, Gabe Greenspan, Lauren Lopez, and then Brian Rosenthal. Basically, played every other character that yes. wasn't them. They yeah. all played the Solvit Squad, and Brian Rosenthal was everyone else. So he did a lot of good Eddie Murphying. Yeah. And then he like played a lot of different characters with yeah. wigs and hats and everything. It was very entertaining. He got he got some big laughs. Oh yeah, obviously besides. Being there to support the Tin Can Brothers, we were very excited to see and meet Ashley Clements because she was also in this production. And I mean, we have talked about it before, how we are both awkward. Awkward and shy. In meeting people. So not only was Ashley Clements there, guys, because I mean, she was in the play. She had to be there. But... (laughs) A great majority of the Poe Party cast and crew were in the audience. We saw Mary-Kate Wiles, Sean and Sinead Prasad, Kurt Mega, Blake Silver, like H.G. Wells from Poe Party, like several like recognizable Poe Party people, and we did not know what to do with ourselves. (laughs) It was funny because when we actually went to take our seats... Mary Kate Wiles was in the row and she like kind of had to go past us and I just looked over at Jillian like this is Mary Kate Wiles this is Mary Kate Wiles like what do we do we do we talk to her now like what do we do we speak with our eyes most of the time (laughs) we look at each other like okay talk now later and so for for those of you shy people out there it's okay we yeah so okay we wanted to meet Mary Kate yes and Ashley and like basically everyone who was like in the Solve It Squad yeah, play. Like we wanted obviously. to congratulate them on a job well done. In our defense, it did take the actors a while to like get out of the show, but it took us like 45 minutes 
to get up the guts to say hi to like everybody. not not even exaggerating we t- we looked at the time we're like it's literally been 45 minutes we went through with a friend of mine who was desperate for pizza <laughs> she like had ordered it as soon as we got out and she's like i'll wait for you guys to say hi to your she people. ordered the pizza and we're like we gotta go get this pizza we gotta get this- oh we were i was hungry too i yeah. was like <laughs> but was- it, but anyway we so what i'm saying is we had a timeline yeah that was proven by the pizza Proof in the pizza, and <laughs> and we we definitely took our sweet time and t- saying hi to everyone was lovely. Everyone yeah. was so lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was like a lot of obviously a lot of po party people were there to support their friends and to support the production. So it was very obvious of who wasn't their friends and who stood out yeah. as like we're the like po party. We're the fangirls. Fan <laughs> yeah, we're just there. And we should just have T-shirts that say we're the fangirls <laughs> and the great T-shirt. They'll know us immediately. That's the icebreaker. Yeah. But- yeah, we, we approached Lauren Lopez. She had her little chihuahua. Her little dog. Joey Richter was so nice to us. So, guys, we need to, <laughs> we need to talk about Joey Richter. Yeah. We were awkwardly standing off in, like, kind of a semicircle, the three of us. And then Joey Richter comes up to us and says, like, hey. And for a second, I'm like, he doesn't think he knows us, right? <laughs> I, think, I think all we said to him was, good show. Yeah, we were like, hey, great show. Mm-hmm. And he came up and said, like, he was just so grateful and like glad we came and then hugged each of us hugged us like it was funny because like yeah he went to hug you and then was like started to go and reach over to me almost like a group hug situation but i wanted my own hug from joey richter (laughs) so i paused and then allowed him to hug me you deserve your own hug yolanda don't let him rope you into this group hug none of that nonsense no and he was so nice Talked very to us nice. for a few minutes. Yeah. And he was very funny in the show, obviously. Yeah, all of them were so funny. Like, yeah, it was a really great show. So I, if there's a chance to watch it online, you definitely should watch it online. Yeah. I was entertained. I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah. And then, of course, we had to meet... Lizzie Bennett. We, well, we met Mary-Kate Wilds That's first. true. That's true. It took you a lot of guts to, like, <laughs> tap her on the shoulder. Our biggest... So I would say our biggest issue is interrupting people. Yeah. If someone's on their own, we're like, all right, let's go, let's go, move. Yeah, because they're right there. Mm-hmm. But if they're talking to someone, they're engaged in a conversation, it's, like, just a little awkward to be like, hey, it's a weird... We're the normally podcast. <laughs> we have a podcast about this project you did she five years us. ago. Yeah, so I tapped her on the shoulder and was like, hi, we're such a fans of you, of, like, everything you've everything you've done. Beyond Lizzie Bennett, obviously, with Spies Are Forever, Poe Party, and I Ship It, so all those things. And then we also had to mention, of course, like, and we're the Pemberley Podcast. She was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you guys. It's always so cool. we're very famous. Yeah, and so very. we <laughs> we finally met Lizzie Bennett. Yep, we met Ashley and Gabe, the romantic couple in the play. That's not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. Okay. That's a thing. They're Fred and Daphne. Okay, Fred fine. and Daphne are always like a f- unofficially a couple. I'm very sensitive to spoilers. I'm like, don't ruin it for them. It's like part of the play, though. Yeah, I feel like a spoiler yeah, yeah. would be if they got together or not, you know? Anyway. I was like, are you going to reveal something? Of course not. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Those are literally the only two options. Yeah. <laughs> but... They were both very nice. Ashley Clements also knew who we were. Yeah. Well, we've tweeted her enough. Yeah, we have. We've used the power of social media to get everyone's attention. Yes, and she has tweeted about uh, listening to a couple of the interviews before. So it's still nice to know, like, 
that they kind of know who we are yeah. and you know we hope to have them one day on the podcast so oh, yeah we told them we would yeah and they were both nice they're like yeah just let us know yeah like, so oh, we will yeah we will call you but for anyone who may think be thinking hmm what if they're all not friends in real life they are all friends in real life <laughs> and they support each other and they go to each other's shows on friday nights but yes, overall, I mean, it was it was kind of a small space too, and it was a really clever use of the of the stage. So it was like really great directing on Corey's part as well, who also wrote the Solvit Squad. I think all play. three of them wrote it together. Oh, they all wrote it together. But okay. Corey was the director. He wrote, he was the director. Okay. There was a funny joke in there that uh, one of the characters don't said, give away the joke. Oh, you fine, ha- fine. Don't give away the punchline. I won't. You have to. Go spend your money on it, see, yes. and watch the joke yourself, and then you can email us and we'll laugh about it. Exactly. Call us. <laughs> email us, I'll give you my phone number, and we'll have a good laugh. <laughs> All right, jumping into episode 57, Weirded Out, written by Ann Tool. Yolanda Darcy was awkward. We didn't see him, but we heard about the awkwardness. So Lizzie is at the office on a Sunday, as she is, because she doesn't work there. It makes sense. I feel like... Jeez, like these last couple of videos, though, it sounds like Collins and Charlotte work a lot on the yeah, weekends. That yeah, sucks. yeah. They kind of work around the clock on whatever they're doing. Game of gourds. <laughs> Game of gourds. And Lizzie's always tagging along because what else is she going to do? Uh-huh. And it turns out that Darcy just decided to stop by on a Sunday. Well, and it's very suspicious because I think Lizzie's like, oh, well, it's kind of weird. But Charlotte comes in. And breaks it down and says, no, this is really weird. On a Sunday, he knew Ricky and I had a business brunch today. Really? He he seemed surprised to find me here alone. So he deliberately swung by the office when we weren't there. And then he was nervous around you. Here's the thing. Charlotte's known from the get-go that Darcy is in love with Lizzie. Yeah, I mean... And kind of before that, Collins even comes in and is like, Charlotte, what's going on? Like, they're both very concerned of like, all right, because of the fact that he came to evaluate them, quotes, they're both concerned about the status of the company, their jobs, whether or not they're going to still have control of whatever they do on Game of Gourds after that, after that evaluation comes out. So obviously, it's like they're both concerned with what's going to happen. And that's why Charlotte's like, no, you need to tell me everything Darcy told you. Well, they think it's business related. They're like, yeah. why else would this guy swing by the office on a weekend to do this? And it was to talk to Lizzie. And I, I think I think Charlotte knows. I think at first she's afraid. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, this could be business. It could have to do with this. But once Lizzie's just naively like, oh, well, he seemed kind of nervous and he didn't really ask about you. And it's like, Charlotte doesn't want to poke fun at Lizzie again about the same thing she's already teased her about of like, Darcy might be into you, Darcy might like you, because I'm sure Lizzie's tired of hearing about it from Charlotte. But I thought it was surprising that Charlotte didn't bring it up in the video, in like in front of the audience of like, oh, so he was nervous in front of you? Does that mean something, Lizzie? What do you <laughs> think that means, Lizzie? Why would a boy be nervous in front of you, Lizzie? Yeah, other than it's one of Lydia's reasons that Lizzie Bennett is perpetually single. I think also Charlotte is getting smarter and she knows better than to talk about Darcy behind his back yeah, on the video blog. That too. I, I mean, we see how quickly Charlotte is able to adapt to various personalities. And oh, yeah, especially, yeah, with Collins. I love that 
she is able to, unlike Lizzie, rein him in and, like, shut down his conversation where, like, Lizzie would, like, go on and on for, like, probably hours of listening to (laughs) Collins talk. Charlotte is now able to be like, it's taken care of. Stop talking. Move on. Let's go. Why don't you take a look at those edits so that we can be more prepared when he returns? Always so calculating, Ms. Lou. Uh, You are the perfect Uh, partner in this... Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Miss Bennett. Bye. Get out of that room. I know what you want. You want one of five things. Here are my answers. He's down with it. Proud of Charlotte. Go Charlotte. She And I like that Char, or, uh, Lizzie did the explanation because she told us a little bit about their conversation with Darcy. Lizzie's learning from her mistakes. Yay. She is. I mean, awkward small talk must be even more awkward with someone you hate. Yeah. And I again, it's one of those things where we don't know Darcy's perspective of this conversation for him, it was, like, best conversation ever. I'm definitely proposing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the mentality he probably came out of it with. Because yeah. we got to think we're two ep- or one podcast episode away, two episodes away from Darcy Day. And he, he makes some pretty big assumptions there that we can't assume at any point in this episode from that interaction. <laughs> All right, Lana, we've been counting down for so long. And you know, it's funny. We're like, oh, only a couple more weeks. And we prolonged it even further by having Maxwell Glick on the show. <laughs> it's his fault. Let's go then into episode 58, Care Packages, written by Anne Toole. Jane is probably still upset. But she's still coping with her sadness by being overly nice and sending Lizzie a very nice care package. So Lizzie is going to outnice her and send her a bigger and better care package. Diving into the care package metaphor, there's a lot to unpack in this episode because we get to see more of the Lizzie Fitz dynamic. We see the seen but unseen dynamic between her and Jane. And we get to hear some behind-the-scenes gossip on what happened between Jane and Bing's breakup, and it is heartbreaking. So in the process of this care package thing... Party. Party, really. Care package party. They have way too much fun with that. They're like, ooh, and we're gonna throw in some peanut butter and some chocolate and some whatever. Fitz comes in to kind of spice things up and make it even more exciting because every little thing that Lizzie brings in, Fitz brought in something even better or like organic or like healthier or whatever. And I also want to know what Fitz's job is. Yeah. Because she calls him a care package assistant, which I would never want to be a care package anything other than recipient. I'll have you know that I have a corner office in the city overlooking the bay. I can see two bridges. Fun care package executive. Booyah. What does Fitz Fitz do? Did we ever find... I don't think they ever say what he does. He's just kind of rich for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what that's like, but maybe that's Fitz. I don't think we do learn what Fitz's job is, but whatever it is, it's a pretty lucrative job, or they just got like a really great deal on an awesome office in San Francisco, which is probably a lie because there's nothing cheap in San Francisco. Nope. But I would be very curious to see this amazing office. Obviously, we'd never... Wait. We kind of see it later. We don't see Fitz's office. I mean, no, we see, but we see... Wait, does he work for Pemberley Digital? I think so, because that, at least we see windows there. That's true. That's, Some that's kind our, of windows exist there. That's our only hope. I do think it's funny that Fitz has that point of like, I could have been at lunch with Darcy right now. Ooh, wow. Sorry to 
their best year plan. It's like a speaking of Darcy moment, though. It, it really was. He's just trying to bring up Darcy. Do you think, okay, I think at this point, Fitz, no. I, either Darcy has confided in him or he senses that Darcy is into Lizzie because he brings up Darcy like, oh, I could be having lunch with this guy instead. And he's like, you know who else is loving or something like that. Yeah. Begins with a D. Ends with an R-C-E. Excuse me. He keeps trying to bring up Darcy in, in any intera- interaction with Lizzie, especially when she's recording videos. So it's no secret that I think Fitz is trying to like bridge the gap between the two where he senses that Darcy is really liking Lizzie. And Lizzie has zero feeling, positive feelings toward Darcy. Yeah. So he's trying to be a good friend, a good wingman, and get Lizzie on Darcy's side. He's a lot like Charlotte. He's very perceptive about people. He yeah. knows when his best friend is crushing on some girl. Yeah. And he's always there to talk him up, even though he ends up with the opposite effect, because in the process of trying to talk him up, he actually reveals a very dark truth. So Fitz, being the good friend he is, he's like, Darcy's a great guy, and I'm going to prove it. Yeah. Here's the proof. <laughs> he warned a friend about a girl he was seeing. He pulled him away from the whole situation. She was bad news. Who was the friend? Bingley. Really super cool dude. You should meet him. Who was Bingley dating? Officially, Jane! Unless he had a secret girlfriend, in which case Jane dodged That's a even bullet. more scandalous. That would have been even worse. But that's not how this story ends. It I was mean, Jane. we never do get confirmation because uh, really yeah. what Lizzie didn't ask Fitz. So who was the girl Bingley was dating? That's true. It Although, could have been Jane. It could have been a completely different person. His last line is really heartbreaking when he's like, what's your sister's name again? And she's like, Jane. I thought for a second he was going to have a realization of like, Jane. Yeah. Oh, that Jane. But no, he's blissfully ignorant and just goes, it gets better, Jane. This is an interesting choice of why Fitz doesn't know Jane's name or that Bing was dating Jane. One, I would think that they're kind of in the same friend circle. He would know, right? That he would know that Bing was dating a girl, especially a girl named Jane. So maybe they're just in completely different friend circles? I don't know. It seems kind of odd that that Fitz wouldn't know about the girl Bing is dating. I think Darcy, like, like, I don't think all of Darcy's friends are friends with each other. Because also remember, I don't think, I mean, we're not really in this place yet, but I don't really think that Bing ever knew about, like, what Wickham did to Gigi. And Bing is his best friend, but he's just kind of like, oh, it's weird that Darcy's misbehaving and, like, being really emotional around Wicca. Yeah. Whoa, it's so weird. I don't know what happened. I guess things kind of get weird when you kind of put Twitter into this mix of, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know who exactly Fitz was following on Twitter, but, like, he's got, he's definitely following Gigi. He's probably following Darcy. Mm-hmm. Probably following Caroline. So is it, doesn't he see, like, all this drama unfold? How does he not know? We can't go too deep into it because it kind of unravels, I I think. (laughs) And plus, I feel like we're imagining and projecting our own thoughts onto the characters at this point. We have no proof. (laughs) It's kind of like if I, I guess if I have a friend group and you kind of like know about other people. I don't know. Maybe you just don't pay attention to it. Who knows? I think that Darcy also just doesn't rat on his friends. I think he's like... My friend, like my friendships are all isolated and separate, and I have them individually with <laughs> separate everyone. worlds. Yes, 
I did think it was kind of weird, though, as great as of a person as Fitz is, he, like, really did not notice that Lizzie was getting angrier and more and more upset as the video went on and the more details he disclosed. He was just like, yep, things are great. Darcy's great. And uh, and he loves everything. And Lizzie is just there fuming and angry and upset and feeling all of the emotions and Fitz, like, doesn't look at her, I guess, and doesn't notice this at all. I'm glad you brought that up, because I was like, you beautiful, ignorant man. Yeah. <laughs> On two, in two very different ways. It's like, so funny, because yeah. of course he doesn't know being in Jane's business, but he should at least be able to read body language. I feel yeah. like we've praised him for being so good with people that he should notice that Lizzie's getting quiet. Her mouth is forming a hard line. She's sulking. She's frowning. She's just, like, really expressing her displeasure at the situation. And he just, each new sentence is another nail in the Darcy good opinion coffin that yeah. we get buried in Lizzie's subconscious, only to reemerge after several more interactions that yeah. go well. I mean, he's just like, yeah, he broke up his friend and this girl. His name was Bing Lee. You should meet him. He's a great well, guy. I mean, actually, think about the things he said about Jane. It was like, oh, she was bad news. She was, she was like. In it for the money. She was in it for the money. And she was not genuine. That was another thing he said. He said that she was not genuine. Imagine Jane Bennett in it for the money and not genuine. She's the poorest but, like, okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Most genuine person I know, and she's not real. She it's, lives at home and can't pay her student loans. It's like, you try to think of, like, what Darcy could have seen to to come to this conclusion, and really the only thing is that interaction at Carter's when all the guys were going up to Jane, and she was just being nice. But from that one interaction, that's what he's getting. But obviously we're going to hear more soon of how he he views the entire Bennett family and how the opinion of all of them really affects his thoughts of Jane and Jane and Bing as a couple. Right. We don't really think of the Bennett's really negatively affect reflecting no. anybody. And so but I know we're gonna learn about that more soon, but let's not jump too I know. far ahead because we do that we're all almost, the time. We're almost there. Almost there. So close. Almost Darcy Dave. Jumping to the comment section now, where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired. For episode 57, Deese Phil says, My bets are that we see Darcy's body or something. I mean, Lizzie could tell us about how good things are with Darcy, and then he comes in and says that they have to get going. Since he's a private and awkward guy, I doubt he'd want to be filmed, so it's very unlikely that he'll make a video response. Of course, this was in the time where people are speculating how and when Darcy is going to appear in the videos. And there were a lot of theories of how that was going to play out. And they were still on pins and needles. <laughs> like that they said, like, oh, we're going to see his body at least. I mean... <laughs> Who knows about his face? <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, it was a very accurate uh, accurate prediction. That's right, because he was standing the first minute and we were like, come on, just let me see your... And then, like, we do see his face. But <laughs> it was it, agony. It was agony. Agony. Jillian, with a G, not a J, says... I'm really anxious and excited to see what Darcy's proposal will turn out to be. Will he actually propose to Lizzie? Or will it be something like him just asking her on a date? <laughs> I don't care. I'm just excited to see it soon. 
as long as it's not a business proposal. Oh, can you imagine how anticlimactic that uh, would have been if it was like, I'd like you to work for Collins and Collins again or Pemberley Digital or something? Lizzie, I've been observing you all this time and I'm here to offer you a gr- the giant envelope. <laughs> A lucrative uh, job opportunity. No, it's like one of those giant checks that people win and those kitschy, I don't know, commercials where you win. $10,000 to move to San Francisco. Yeah, it would have been disappointing. Lauren Sojourn says, guys, 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 do you get it? Do you see? On Thursday, Fitz is going to tell Lizzie that Darcy broke up Bing and Jane. And then on Monday, on Monday, (laughs) Monday... You know what will happen on Monday. Our world is about to implode. Lauren is very observant. Because, like, we know it's coming. She knows the timing. She's figured it out. She's counting cards. She knows where everything is. You're right. She is counting cards. She would be dangerous (laughs) in Vegas. Like, I know. I know where it is. Thursday this. She's like, so... For this was for episode 57. She saw the thumbnail for the next episode. She was like, Fitz is there. It's gotta be Monday. So she's she was right. Technically, it's like three episodes away, but she was pretty darn. You know, she was close. She was close. Yeah, definitely. Allie Wright says Ricky and Charlotte are such a perfect little team, and I ship it so hard. And oh, ran out of words for how much I love them. I think I'm experiencing one of those Darcy bot malfunctions. They're working really well together now. I think Ricky really respects Charlotte and her her decision-making skills and really running the company or making these, like, big decisions. So every time, like, he zigs, Charlotte zags, and they're, like, uh, working in the same weird way together. They somehow understand one another now. For episode 58, Doodlebug says, Oh my god, 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 we're close, guys, we're close! It's in all caps, and I believe they're referring to Darcy. (laughs) I don't know what else they would be referring to. Katrina Eam says, Oh, Fitz, you are just so adorably clueless. Very true. He is weird, and like, I I can't be mad at him for not acknowledging Lizzie's feelings, because he's just like, Yup, it's all good, it's all good in the neighborhood, he's a good friend. He is, but in this case... He just did not pick up on anything. (laughs) AKACJ7 says, The age-old oblivious to her awkward reactions move. Very well executed, y'all. Fitz is ridiculously likable, even when he's accidentally (laughs) and unknowingly slamming his video mate sister. Just like the real thing. The real thing being the book. (laughs) You know, the book. Pride Pride and Prejudice. You know, when every time you're like, spoilers, I'm like, no, it's over 200 years yeah. old. If you, It's not a spoiler. Everyone knows. Yeah. They all caught on. I mean, Fitz has just been this super likable character this entire time. And we're like, yeah, Fitz, we're on his side. He's an awesome guy. We want to hang out with him all the time. And now it's like he's dropping this news and we're like, Fitz, you beautiful, adorable idiot. <laughs> moron. Yeah, we're like, what have you done? <laughs> But obviously it's necessary to the story. My Cotpia says, OMG, poor Jane. I bet Darcy got the idea from Mrs. Bennett being all annoying and saying she was going to become the future mother-in-law. Sigh. I've never read the book and I've never seen the movie, but I only remember the major bits. Basically that Darcy and Lindsay will start not liking each other, then that will change along the way. That's the entire book. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew the rest of the story. However, I really enjoy this version better than any movie adaptations I've seen. 
So lots of excitement. People know that Darcy has to appear soon. Next episode, guys. Literally next episode. I don't know what Darcy. we're going to do. We, uh, freak we, out. We need to make it like, uh, we need to make, I don't know. <laughs> we're going to squeal and scream and fangirl and all get the smelling salts. I bet Mrs. Bennett has smelling salts. Do you, I don't know where to get smelling. Do they even make that anymore? Wait, are smelling salts, could they be the same as like bath salts? Because we could just go to Bath and Body Works and get those. I could have those. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> In preparation for Darcy Day, we'd love to hear your reactions to watching episode 60 as well, what your initial thoughts were, or maybe in rewatching what you think now. So you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at thepemberley. And we'd love to hear all about it because we're excited to finally cover this episode, as I'm sure you all are, to finally get to this episode. It's about time. Can't wait. Yeah, so whenever you're listening to this, send us your thoughts. Yeah. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash The Pemberley. Or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.